Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. very interesting how the Lord has kept us in the book of Mark even though we are in the Advent season and the first Sunday we talked about hope Christmas is a good time for receiving hope or for hope and uh, last week we talked about Christmas is a good time for giving and today we are talking about Christmas is a good time for receiving and this morning we're going to talk about a guy named Bartimaeus and guess what we're going to talk about you you get to put your name in the outline, and then we're going to talk about Jesus. So this morning we're going to talk about Bartimaeus, we're going to talk about you, and we're going to talk about Jesus. And if you have your bulletin, you will look on the back side there, and you got a lot of work to do today if you're taking notes. There's a lot of empty spaces, and so I encourage you to take notes because I think you learn more when you do. We are in the book of Mark and chapter 10, and we're going to read about a guy who receives something today. If you have your bulletin, take a look at the back there, and we'll read this introduction and then jump into our text. I tell my kids not to buy me anything for Christmas. I imagine you're probably getting to that point too. We really don't need much anymore. And what we need, we usually go out and buy during the year. So. I tell my kids not to buy me anything for Christmas. Two reasons. One, like I said, I really don't need anything. And two, and they never take me up on this, I say use the money to pay a bill. Yeah, they never do that. They always buy an extra gift for themselves. Or they get me something, which is nice. Our text today, actually, the entire gospel message is about receiving. And so I'd like to read our text, and then we're going to get into it, talking about this gentleman named Bartimaeus, talking about you, and talking about Jesus. So, Mark chapter 10, and for those of you that are wondering, well, when are we going to talk about Mary and Joseph, and the shepherds and the wise men? Next week. All right, next week we'll get a, we'll get a Mary, Joseph, shepherds, wise men look at Christmas. And then, of course, on Christmas Eve as well. So... Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 says this, Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up! They just told him to shut up. Now they're telling him to cheer up. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Now you're going to remember that last week the disciples, James and John, had a request of Jesus. And if you look up at verse 36, Jesus says to them, What do you want me to do for you? 
And Jesus says the exact same thing here. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now, if you go back to Mark chapter 1, and we were there a number of months ago, you will read the very first verse. Mark says the purpose of his gospel is to share the beginning of the gospel, or the good news, about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so we've seen Mark doing that all through the gospel, explaining Jesus' power over disease, Jesus' power over demons, Jesus' power over death, Jesus' power over nature, and we've been hearing, along with the disciples and the others, his amazing and powerful words. And in our text today, we are going to see the last miracle recorded of Jesus. Now, it's really not the last, because the resurrection is going to be coming, and of course, that's miraculous. But this is the last miracle recorded of Jesus among the people. And if you look at chapter 11, well, we are just a week or so away from the triumphal entry and the crucifixion. So we are going to take a look at Bartimaeus and find out some things about him and then we're going to take a look at us and find out in some ways we're similar to Bartimaeus and then we're going to take a look at Jesus and actually Jesus at least what we're going to talk about is similar to Bartimaeus as well and then we're going to come back and ask us a question. All right, first of all, we're going to take a look at Bartimaeus. Most of Jesus' miracles are performed on nameless people. I mean, you know, he's done a ton of miraculous things over the past few chapters, and most of those people were nameless. Here, though, we have a name. We've got a name of the guy who's going to get healed, and his name is Bartimaeus. And this past week I was reading, most people believe that we have a name because he was a known Christ follower of that day. So when Mark is writing, it's like, hey, the guy Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus that goes to our church, you know, that's this guy. And so they put his name in here and he becomes a Christ follower. At least that's what it says in verse 52. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. And so quite possibly, as Jesus leaves Jericho and begins his march to Jerusalem in the triumphal entry, it says that Bartimaeus received his sight and followed Jesus along the road, and quite possibly was probably among the 500 that it says in 1 Corinthians 15 that were witnesses of the resurrection. And so we have his name here, and his name is Bartimaeus, probably because he's a regular attender of the church that all the folks are going to. The first thing we learn about Bartimaeus is that he's blind. And it says that they are leaving or coming to Jer Jericho and uh, there's a, uh, they, they were there for a short time and as they were leaving and basically Jericho is about a six hour walk to Jerusalem. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and the triumphal entry and the Last Supper, and Good Friday, and then the Crucifixion. So we're like a week or so away from that. 
And he encounters a guy whose name is Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus is a beggar. And the reason he's a beggar is because he's blind. And so the next thing we learn about Bartimaeus is not only is he blind, but he's knowledgeable. He's knowledgeable. Bartimaeus knows who Jesus is. Many people in this region do because Jesus has passed through this region a number of times. And it says that he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. And so he began to shout out a name that is the Jewish title for the Messiah. Son of David. And so he yells out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they told him to be quiet, but all the more he yelled out, Son of David, have mercy on me. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, God said that David's kingdom will reign forever through the Messiah. And so Bartimaeus was knowledgeable. He knew who Jesus was. He was more than Jesus of Nazareth. He was Jesus the Messiah, the son of David. The next thing we learn about Bartimaeus is that he is persistent. He is persistent. He is shouting, and I think this is funny, he is shouting... And many, it says, rebuke him and told him to be quiet. Quit, quit yelling. Quit yelling. What's your problem? Quit yelling. And they're probably upset because in that day, if you were blind, the thought was that you were a sinner. And that, that was a punishment on you from God. And so the thought was, Bartimaeus, be quiet. God doesn't want anything to do with you. You're a sinner. And, and the reason we know that is because you're blind and you're a beggar. You're a nobody. But I love that. Bartimaeus says, uh, hey, he shouted all the more, it says. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Bartimaeus is blind, he's knowledgeable, he's pers uh, persistent, and then he's specific. He's specific. And Jesus calls him. I love that. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, and all of a sudden they say, hey, cheer up. Cheer up. <laughs> First they're telling him, shut up, and now, cheer up. On your feet! He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. He's specific because he says, when Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Remember, the disciples, James and John, said, we want to sit at your right hand and your left hand in heaven because we deserve it. That was last week. And Jesus says, well, forget that. And this week, he says, what do you want me to do for you? Same question. And the blind man said, Rabbi or teacher, I want to see. So he's very specific. He's got a problem. He's got a situation. And he's blind. And he's been that way for a long time. We don't know if from birth. But he's been that way. And he's been a beggar because of his blindness. And he says, teacher, I want to see. I want to see. And then the last thing we learn about Bartimaeus is that he's healed. He's healed. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said, Go. Your faith has healed you. Now the word healed here is uh, the word sozo in the Greek. And that's not a normal word for healing. This word has two meanings. 
it means that you are healed and it means that you are saved. Sozo. We get the word salvation from part of that word. Sozo. It means healed and saved. His faith healed him and immediately he received his sight but his faith also saved him and we know that he was saved because it says he immediately became a Christ follower. And I think, well, I don't, I, I shouldn't assume this, but on the front of your bulletin, we started the year with this theme. And the theme for 2020, and this is why we sing every Sunday after church, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way, our theme is, found from James chapter 1 verse 22 do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says and so under that it says the test of genuine faith is obedience and so that was our theme that is our theme we just got a couple more Sundays here in 2020 and then we'll have a different theme in 2021 although that should always be our continued theme is to not merely listen to the Word of God, which you're doing right now, but you need to also then, after you've listened, obey what it says. And that's why we sing, Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Bartimaeus became a Christ-following, sight-seeing believer. Now, if you notice point number two, there's a blank, and it says you've got to write your name. Okay, so write your name. I wrote John. Don't you write John unless your name is John. You write your name. Alright, got that? Got your name written? Where's your pencil, Robin? He didn't write his name. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know your name. You don't need to write it. Okay, very good. Very good. Now, I hate to tell you, but without Jesus, you are just like Bartimaeus in that you are blind. You are blind. The Bible says this a number of times, and one of those times is in Zephaniah. Now, I wrote down the, the, the passage because it will take you the next 10 minutes to figure out where Zephaniah is. Zephaniah 1.17 says that we are all walking like blind men because we have sinned. We are blind. If we don't know Jesus, the Bible is full of passages that say that we are blind. And one of those passages is 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I'd like you to take your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to take a look at a few verses here. That's not the verse I want, so it must be 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Yes, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is what it says in verse 4. The God of this age, and that's the devil, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 
For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So I hate to tell you this, but if you don't know Jesus, the Bible says that you are blinded. And you are blinded because the devil has blinded you. And I've often seen this. When somebody becomes a Christ follower, it's like they have an aha moment. And it's like, oh, now I see. Now I get it. Now I understand what faith is all about. Now I understand the, the greater meaning of grace. Now I understand the idea of service and of love. Have kind of an aha moment because the Bible says, as a non-Christ follower, you are blind. But thankfully, and here's where Christmas comes into the message, thankfully Christmas is the time where God brought the light. God brought the light. And our Old Testament prophecy that explains this is the book of Isaiah. And when I read this, you're going to say, oh, I know that verse. Isaiah chapter 9 and uh, verse 2, it says this, The people walking in darkness, all right, that's anybody who doesn't know Christ as Savior, they are walking in darkness. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And then if you look over at verse 6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne. Jesus, son of David, there you go. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And then look at this verse. I love this verse. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The zeal of the Lord. Jesus is like Bartimaeus is in that he is persistent. We're going to talk about Jesus now. Jesus is persistent. I've talked to you about a poem of long ago called The Hound of Heaven. And Jesus is that symbol of the hound of heaven. And the hound just keeps following you. Keeps following you. And the idea is that he keeps following you because he doesn't want to lose you. He doesn't want to lose you. And so he keeps following you. And the reason he keeps following you is this word zeal. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. The reason that he's persistent is that the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. The Hebrew word for zeal means willing, energized, and motivated. I love that about the Lord. The Lord, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Will accomplish what? Christmas. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish Christmas, Good Friday, and Resurrection Sunday. And the reason is because he's willing, he's energized, and he's motivated. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Isaiah 35.5 says, Be strong, do not fear. God will come and open blind eyes. 
And then a verse that all of you know, although I don't know that all of you know the second verse after the first one. Everybody knows John 3.16, but do you know John 3.17? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's the verse, and that shows a persistent God. The other thing that we have been learning about Jesus in our study is that he's knowledgeable. Bartimaeus was knowledgeable. knowledgeable. Of course, Jesus is knowledgeable as well. And all through the book of Mark, a number of times, the people are amazed, it says, at his teaching. He is teaching as one with authority. And so he has thousands of people following him. And one of, actually two of those events are recorded in Mark, the feeding of the 5,000. And remember, that was probably more like 20 to 25,000, but by the time you count all the others that were probably there. So you've got 5,000, which up to 20,000 people are following him, not because just the miracles, but because of his teaching. And then a little bit later it says the 4,000 are following him. And they're following him because he's knowledgeable. He is speaking truth that they just have not been hearing from the Pharisees. And so they're pretty excited about it. And so they're following him. They are amazed at his words. They're saying to one another, man, he is teaching as one with authority. And then the next thing that we know about Jesus similar to Bartimaeus, is that he is specific. Jesus is very specific. Jesus knows his purpose. You know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a lot of different things. My dad was a fireman, and so I thought I should be a fireman. And uh, then I wanted to be a doctor, because I read a, a, a story about a doctor as a young kid, and I thought, yeah, i got to be a doctor. And then I realized that doctors make pretty good money. Then I really wanted to be a doctor. And then I, uh, well, of course, uh, when I was in junior high and high school, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. And, uh, you know, every kid has that desire. And then I realized when I didn't start on my high school basketball team, and I very rarely got to play, that I probably was not going to become a professional basketball player. And then as a senior in high school, I felt the Lord tugging my heart to be a pastor. And, uh, and then that's what I've been. And believe it or not, I've been a pastor for 40 years. And uh, that's exactly what I'm supposed to be. I've not been a pastor for a few years. And I felt my heart calling me back into that place. And I remember my senior pastor, who just passed away about a week ago, uh, of COVID at 96 years old. He said to me, he said, if you could be happy doing anything else, do it. I said, what do you mean? He said, if you can be happy doing anything else beside a pastor, do it. And I thought for a while, and I, I couldn't, and I can't. That's what, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm supposed to be. Jesus knew exactly why he came and that's found in Luke chapter 4. 
Maybe the job that you have or the job that you don't uh, had at one time was exactly what you wanted to do with your life. Maybe you're not real happy at your current place of employment and you got that itch. And it might be because, you know, that's not exactly what you were called to do. You college students here, you get to make that important decision about what you're going to choose to do. And some of you guys here that are getting older, these Barrett girls, are you guys in your 20s yet? Or, uh, no. 30, your 30s. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Good for you. Yeah, you guys get to make these decisions about what you want to be when you grow up. And it's a really important decision. Jesus knew exactly what he wanted to be when he grew up. And it's found in Luke chapter 4. Right after Jesus is tempted, he spends some time in the synagogue, we are told, and probably one of his very first teaching assignments, if you will, he explains to the people exactly what he was supposed to do. Jesus, in uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath they went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. And the high priest, or the priest, or one of the people gave him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and that was handed to him and unrolling it he found the place where it is written and this is what it says from the book of Isaiah and this is Jesus's responsibility it's his God-given specific role the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began to, by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I mean, I mean that ought to give you the chills. I mean, Jesus knew what he was supposed to do, and that is what he was supposed to do, and he did it. And the last thing that we can discover from Bartimaeus, and I think we can certainly discover from Jesus, is he's calling you. He's calling you. Jesus sees and hears Bartimaeus on the street begging and calling, Jesus, Son of God. And I love that in our text. It says, uh, call him. Call him. That guy over there is a beggar and he's blind. Call him. And right now, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, God is calling you. And his message is perfectly clear. It's found in John chapter 8. Just like his purpose was perfectly clear, his message is perfectly clear. John chapter 8 verse 12. And this is what it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, and here's his message, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. <laughs> That's great. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And you know what? Bartimaeus heard that call. 
And it says that he asked specifically to be healed of his blindness, and he was. When we answer that call, we are specifically healed of our sinful nature, our sin. And it says that Bartimaeus was healed and he immediately followed Jesus. And my prayer is, is that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you would understand His calling. He's calling you and that you can receive your sight, just like Bartimaeus did. And then you can follow Him as well. So the last point, number four. Guess what? You get to put your name in there again. Put your name in there. And this is what our title is. Christmas is a good time to receive. And the verse is John 1.12. Yet to all who receive Him, yet to all who receive Him, to those who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. So that's what Christmas is all about, receiving the gift of Jesus. And if you have received the gift of Jesus, then Christmas is even more than about sharing that gift with those that we come in contact with. This past week, the 10th of uh, December, last Thursday, I read this in uh, Dr. David Jeremiah's devotional for the morning. It says this, earlier this year, and you might have heard of this, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle announced they were stepping away from the British royal family. They reportedly bought a nearly $15 million mansion in Montecito, it's near Santa Barbara, beautiful area, of Southern California. The seven-acre estate has nine bedrooms, a guest house, a tea house, everybody needs one of those, a tennis court, a swimming pool, an elevator, and a gym. Nice place. Perhaps that was the right move for them. Jesus made a different move. The Prince of Peace left the royal throne of heaven on a mission to provide redemption for the world. When he came to earth, he didn't inhabit a mansion in Jerusalem or dwell in an expensive villa in, a, in the Roman world. He lived in poverty, the Bible says, worked with his hands in the blazing sun, traveled as a preacher without a pillow for his head, and died without a shekel to his name. All of this so that we might inherit mansions in heaven. The Bible defines the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ as this, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. What a prince. Hallelujah. What a savior. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, it's good to be reminded again that Christmas is a good time to receive. It's a good time for us to be reminded again of when we received Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's really a good time at Christmas to think about that. And it's also a good time, the Bible says, that if someone doesn't know Christ, today is the day of salvation. And in a moment, we're going to sing a song entitled Softly and Tenderly, Jesus his calling. It's like he called Bartimaeus, he calls each of us. He called me when I was eight years old 
Some of you he called when you were in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s. Some of you he's calling now. Softly and tenderly. May we hear the call and invite Jesus. And when we do, then we've got a good message to share at Christmas time. And may that be our challenge this morning as well. To answer that call and to become a permanent Christ follower. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.